Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey guys, welcome back to Training for Manhood down here at uh, Northway Church with uh, Pastor Shay Sumlin. Shay, welcome to the program. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. And uh, I was I was talking to you a little bit about um, that I've known of you yeah. <laughs> for over a decade, <laughs> um, but we've never got to really connect. And uh, and so I'm, I'm glad that we got to connect. You've had uh, uh, an interesting last decade and a half yeah. uh, of traveling back and forth to you know, California to Texas, Texas to California. Yep. Um, so I'm glad you're back in Texas and your family's settled here. Mm. Um, but uh, um, when we were talking about just topics for men yeah. uh, that we want to train, especially kind of young men um, in, in knowing how to handle these particular issues, uh, and I was throwing some things out there and um, your heart kind of settled on the issue of suffering, Yeah, um, how to prepare for suffering, how to um, learn through suffering. I mean, there's so many different things, so many different ways you can go through it. Um, but one of the things that I thought was interesting is um, of the verses that I was kind of like wrestling with, um, the book of Habakkuk yeah. is a really profound um, examination of a, of a man who's crying out to God, kind of angry with God, like, why are you doing this? I don't get what's going on, frustrated. And at the very end, he writes this incredible verse where he just says, although the fig tree will not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the, or, uh, the, labor of the olive shall fail. The feeds shall uh, yield no meat. The flock shall uh, be cut off from the field. So, I mean, it's just like everything's negative, right? Oh, negative, yeah. negative, negative. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like can, anything else oh, can go God. wrong. And he goes, I mean, just, right. And there'll be no hurt in the stalls. And he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll find joy in the God of my salvation. Mm-hmm. And you get this sense that in the midst of all the things that he went through and all the terrible um, events of life, he... God has refocused his mind on like those things. I know they're important. I know they were hard and I know they were difficult, but me being with you is like mm-hmm. what life is all about. That's it. And it's like, what, how do you prepare for that? That's, yeah. that's the question I want to kind of like, as, as you've been through um, a lot in your journey, what, yeah. what wisdom would you pass on to other guys? Yeah. You know, in many ways I feel like Habakkuk, you know, the, the whole book of Habakkuk is, it's not even like a normal prophet where he's just laying down prophecies for the people of God. Right. It's him kind of venting to God. It's yeah. him lamenting to God. Why, uh, how can there be evil in a world where God is good? Mm. And why are all these things happening? And it's his, his crying out. And he doesn't really have a perspective at the beginning of the book of it and who God is and what God's going to do through it. That's me. I, I like so many other men, especially in this generation are averse to suffering and, um, I grew up in a pretty sheltered, comfortable life, uh, in, in some ways. And, and I just didn't have a lens that included suffering until it came. Yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't have to go looking for it. It, it came looking for me and it took me going through it to really understand who God is and how I can have that confession, just like Habakkuk did at the very end of the book of, okay, things still are awful but my joy is going to be found in you because I know something different now. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a, I mean, I I love how you said it. It's, I mean, it's it's a three chapter book. It's it's really short. Yeah. Um, And all he does is complain. Yep. Right. Like, Hey hey God, do you see what's going on? Things are bad. And God's like, well, don't worry. I got something coming. They're called the Babylonians. And and then he goes, 
Wait a second. <laughs> it's not any better. <laughs> it's, not, it's not any better. No. In fact, it, it might even be worse. And God's like, no, no, don't worry about it. Like, I got this thing handled. Like, you got to yeah. see this big picture. And I think, I think when, when you said, like, we're averse to suffering, right? Yeah. And, and not just as men. I think our whole culture, yes. right, is, is just kind of how, how do we avoid suffering? But it, but it is kind of a, a question of if you want a big God, it's yeah. almost as if you have to have a big problem for him to solve. Yeah. Otherwise... Right, you kind of got God in your pocket, and you've got all the problems that you can figure out how to solve, and, yeah. and God becomes very small, very insignificant, and really, that you know, it's like, is that really a God that you even want to worship? Oh yeah, and I think that's the you know the essence of what you're trying to communicate is, you know what, there's a bigger God, and for you to know Him, um, there aren't a lot of people who win the lottery and just run to the altar and say, Lord, you know, thanks for the billions, mm. I, I, I can't wait to see what you're going to do with it. Oh yeah. Right, like yeah. that. Usually, it's pain and suffering that pushes us into our God consciousness. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And uh, you know, it's it's who is it that said you know suffering is God's megaphone to rouse a you know uh, a deafened world? It's just like C.S. Lewis. Yeah, C.S. Lewis. Yep. Thank you. It's just and that's true. It's, it's it is it's how God, unfortunately and fortunately, has to speak to us and get our attention yeah. because we love control so much, and until we lose that control. We, we don't really think we need God. So, so talk to the guy right now in the midst of suffering. So, yeah. so we, we know we want to avoid it. Okay. So, yeah. but, but here's the deal. As you said, suffering finds you, mm-hmm. right? You, you lose a loved one, you lose a job. Um, you, you know, you walk into the doctor's office and they, you know, they get, Hey, you got cancer, whatever it is. That's right. Um, what, I mean, there's, there's a guy right now in the midst of suffering. What are you telling him? Yeah. Uh, I have found three things that help that helped me through suffering and continue to help me through suffering. And it's interesting because even in Northward and I were working our way through Genesis, we're in the, we're in the Joseph section and all the things that he goes through. And yep. I think it's these, these three P's, if I use the alliteration here that, that stand out as, as, as so helpful in this and it's true. It's promises, providence, and presence. These are the three things that we, we got to hold on to. Um, promises, you know, God made his he made his children promises. He made Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob promises. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to multiply you. And then ultimately through you, I'm going to bring out blessing in which the whole earth is going to be blessed through Jesus Christ. But I made these promises, but those promises are going to get fulfilled through suffering. And that's Mm. what nobody wants or expects, but that's how God chooses to use. You know, James says, uh, it's not if you encounter, it's when you encounter uh, various trials, trials of various kinds. And, they are going to find you, but it's all part of the second P, God's providence. Um, we all, I mean, you've heard of sovereignty. Sovereignty would be biblically God's, you know, authority and power and control over all things. But providence is actually the plan that God uses in his sovereignty to fulfill his purposes for his people yeah. that will lead to his glory and their good. And he works all events out. And you see that in Joseph. I mean, clearly he's using all events, even the ugly ones he's using. And that idea of providence helps me because it lets me know that we don't have just the deistic God who created everything and then just let it go. Right. That this life I'm on, I mean, I may not have all the answers to why this is happening, the way it's happening, in the moment it's happening, but I'd rather have that tension than know that there's a God uh, who who has just kind of let go of the reins of this roller coaster and I am, I am out of control. I want to know that he is going to work this out for my good. I I don't know how, but he's promised me he will and I can trust him. And then the third is the 
the presence that he, just like Joseph, offers to walk with us through the suffering. So our suffering is in an evidence that God has abandoned us. No, it's actually evidence that he's with us and he is going to walk with us through that suffering. And so those, those three elements are what give, that give me hope. And it's what Habakkuk can even say at the end of the book, that even though, man, the, the figs have no blossom, everything is just bare and famine and desolate, everything's awful, I can actually have joy in the Lord. And uh, it's the theme of the book is the righteous shall live by faith. I'm going to trust that in the end, God is going to work this out for my good. He's going he's to um, uh, justly judge all evil and wickedness. He's going to vindicate himself and his glory. And then he is going to be with me through it all to the very end. Never leave me, never forsake me. You have to have those pillars or you're not going to make it. I, I look around and I go, people that don't know the Lord, that don't understand his word and don't experience his presence, I don't know how you make it through suffering, Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you. Um, that's more frightening to me than the suffering itself. Yeah. yeah. What about for the, the guy before suffering comes? Anything oh, yeah. you can do to kind of, um, and, and, you know, I think, you know, that the first thing is how do I avoid it? Right. Not, not, I'm not saying that I'm saying, yeah. how do you best, um, prepare yourself to learn the lesson that God wants to teach? Yeah. And I, I think that's an important piece. We have to, again, as a culture, especially right now, uh, I was reading a book called Generations, uh, it's a new book that kind of just is is highlighting the the five or six generations that are alive on the earth right now, mm-hmm. from boomers to millennials, Gen Z, all that. A lot of those books have been written, but this one was interesting because some of the data points they're showing is that this generation uh, is the least to corporately value resilience. Um, and they they she doc the lady that wrote it um, documents that um, it is. Gen X, which happens to be my generation, um, that is the last to at least corporately have some sense of value for resilience. Yeah. It's just gone. We are fear or we are uh, suffering phobic. We are, we are averse to, we, we want to run from any sort of suffering. We just don't want it in our lives. And I think the first thing we have to do is we have to have a mindset of expectation that it's going to come. The Lord told us. In this life, you're going to have suffering. Paul told Timothy, the Lord said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If you, I mean, if you live in a fallen world, which last I checked, 100% of us do, you're going to experience suffering. So we need to prepare for at least a mindset. We don't have to be gluttons going looking for it. And again, you don't have to look for it. It's going to find you. Yep. But I think you have to have a mindset that it's going to happen. And so therefore, if it's going to happen, what tools has the Lord given me to faithfully walk through it? in a way that he can, we can allow him uh, what he wants to do to use this to form us more into the image of Christ, to give us the resources in his power and presence to be sustained in the midst of the suffering. So I think, I think men would do well right now to, to understand it's coming. And so with that knowledge, now how can I run to the Lord in the midst of suffering versus allowing that suffering to let me run, to force me to run away from the Lord. And I would also add with that, that it is so important that young men, especially right now and all of us um, understand our theology now before the circumstances come, we cannot allow circumstances to dictate our theology. We need our theology to help us dictate and understand how to walk through those circumstances. Yeah. Far too many of us are not prepared. 
So when the suffering comes, it's just easier to run and it's easier to, to hold God in contempt and uh, versus to trust him and to walk with him, such as Habakkuk did. Yeah. Well, I think going back to your statement about this generation and its lack of appreciation for resilience. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of like, you, you know, when you go back to James and he's talking about that suffering, right, it's going to produce perseverance. Yes. That perseverance is going to produce character. Um, I mean, just kind of that idea of if you look at this generation, right, and they're they're lacking in um, the character that comes from, right, that That's you know, right. long walk of obedience. Yes. Just that, you know, monotonous drudgery of just saying, yeah, I, I know it doesn't make sense now, but I'm just going to walk in faithfulness, right? Yes. When it's It's just easier to say... Listen, God hasn't provided. God hasn't done what he said. You know, chuck the whole thing and, and you know, just go eat, drink, and be merry. Yeah. And it's just like, well, what does that get you? Because no. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, you, you, sin has pleasure for a moment, but I'm telling you, that moment is fleeting. Yeah. And, and life, even though, you know, life is a vapor and we know it's not forever, um, in, in a sense of like, you know, how long we're going to be here, it is, yeah. it's like, you can't just you know, take that 70 years and throw it away as yeah. if it's insignificant and, and not meaningful. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think, you know, in, in the time period that God gives us to, to try to teach us and to mold us into the image of his son, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, you, you've got to forge up the fire and, and get it hot to take the metal and bend it and, and shape it. That's right. And, you know, I, I don't know any other way uh, to take hard-headed human beings like yes. us Right. And, and mold us and shape us into the image of his son. That's right. So it, it's going to take a little bit of heat. And, you know, I think the appreciation of that's the process right, that right. God uses um, to make us into the image of something greater than ourselves is really, you know, I think so many people settle for just I'm fine. Yeah. And it's just, you know. Yeah, it's more of a tri version. I, I think the. The truth is, is, and we already mentioned this, suffering's coming. So whether yeah. you want it or not, yeah. you, you can either gonna, learn from it, it or it, not. It's yeah. coming. Yep. And so the Puritans used to say the same sun that melts the snow, hardens the clay. Yep. Suffering, if you allow God um, to do his work in it, he'll actually meet you there, form you, fashion you. He won't waste any of your pain. Mm. And he will provide the healing that is needed. And then he, when you get through this thing, or even as you walk through this thing, you're going to look more and more like Jesus Christ by the end of it. But if you're unwilling and you just are averse to suffering, you'll forget it. And what, then you're going to, it's going to harden. That clay is going to get hardened. You're going to get bitter towards God. Yep. You're going to hold him in contempt. You're going to run from him, but it's not going to produce anything in you other than more futility than's already is on you. And so yep. lean into him. You know, as so, that suffering comes. So talk to that guy then. Yeah. The, the guy that the, uh, the the clay has been hardened. Yeah. Right. He's gone through suffering. He didn't see um, the the perseverance and the character being developed. He just saw the, the loss of something. Yeah. He saw, you know, if God were a good God, he would have done something. So the, obviously there must not be a God or there must not be a good God. And so yeah. he's now been, right, 10, 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. right? He hasn't been in the, the church. He hasn't right? Um, leaned into those relationships. Where, where does he go now? Yeah. Well, one, I think there's just a, a lament with you in that and understanding, yeah, you've, you've experienced the, the unfortunate realities of living in a broken and fallen world. And the scriptures tell us that we suffer from one of three reasons. Either it's our own sins that we have committed that have brought collateral damage on our life. Mm-hmm. It's the sins of others that have been committed against us that have victimized us and hurt us. Or it's simply just the natural experience of living in a world that is under uh, the curse that is upon sin, that has fractured this earth where bodies don't work like they should and diseases hit us and natural disasters 
take us out. And all of that is the unfortunate reality of living in, um, under sin. But recognize that in God's plan, he's provided a promise that he's going to deal with all sin and suffering. And he started with Jesus Christ on the cross. He's found a way to forgive us for the sins that we have committed. Yeah. That's the best first good news. Best, best story you can yeah. that start with that. <laughs> oh, man. And so he's done that. And then he's promised there is a day coming when he will return and he will hold evil accountable and he will make all things new and everybody and everything will be fully healed um, who have put their trust in him. And in the meantime, he offers us his presence. He offers us um, uh, an understanding of suffering in a way that can be redeemed uh, for our good. And so you may have spent the last 10, 20 years in hardness of heart towards God, but man, I would challenge you just to reframe that thinking through a biblical lens and understand the goodness of God in the midst of his promises, in the midst of his providence, in the midst of his presence. And that by his grace, you might turn back unto him and and receive the healing that he so wants to give you. Yeah. You know? I think one of the coolest things, too, is to think about the idea that God identifies with us because he has suffered oh, yeah. as well. That's right. right. Which which is like a, wait a second. I mean, it, you know, as, if you go into a, you know, a kingdom, right, and the king is there, right, and all the, you know, the peasants, right, are running around. I mean, it's, it's understandable, right? Yeah. You know, the common person would suffer, right? But why would the king suffer? Mm-hmm. And you think about, you know, God has suffered. Right, yeah. God sent His Son to be a suffering servant. Yeah, and so it's you know it's like we don't suffer alone, right? We have a Savior that suffered with us. Yeah, so it's a, kind of a beautiful picture to oh. to think about. So if you're if you're suffering, God identifies with you. Yeah, not not just wants to redeem you and bring you in, but He's like, hey, I actually feel what you're feeling. I, mm-hmm. I know the pain that you're going through. So you're not alone in that. What yeah. about um, you mentioned the Puritans, right? Which is, mm-hmm. I mean, you you can't have better writers about <laughs> right suffering and sure. holiness and in the, the pursuit um i was thinking when you were talking about the bruised reed oh, by richard yeah. sibbs one of my favorite yes. books what are the resources um other than you know reading god's word and spending you know a little time in habakkuk and yeah <laughs> yeah listening to him lament and cry out and complain to god yep. um are there other resources other books that you found that were just kind of helpful to to yeah. frame the issue for you yeah, there are. I mean, I, I really enjoyed Russell Moore's book, Tempted and Tried, uh, okay. was, a, was a helpful read for me. Yeah, a lot of those Puritans, I mean, the Puritans, I think, they didn't run from suffering. No. They just leaned into it, yeah. and they saw God even bigger. Yeah. And so, man... Even- oh, I think of Bunyan. Oh, right? yeah. John Bunyan. And, oh, and even the goodness. Pilgrim's Progress, I, I think, you know, yeah. you think, oh, that's an allegory. That's a kid's tale. Uh-huh. It's like, have you read that recently? Yeah. <laughs> he he wrote it. You could read it as a kid. You could read it as a 70-year-old man with 18 doctorates, and you're still going to get, like... He's way beyond me where I am. Yeah. And, you know, he's he was a metal worker. Yeah. And you think about that going, puts puts the rest of us to shame. It's so true. And, you know, and I, I can even, I even think um, uh, C.S. Lewis in his book, um, Screwtape Letters, oh, yeah. also presents the other side of suffering. You know, James is very careful to go, hey, don't, when you're going walking through suffering, don't say it's because the Lord is trying to tempt you in that. Sure. He's testing you. Right. He's not tempting you. The, the enemy's the one tempting you and he's using your own vices. Yeah. And so even C.S. Lewis's book on Screwtape Letters helped me just reframe my role in the midst of yielding myself to mm. some of these vices that are on me and him you know, using the devil's advocate. If you were the enemy, what would you do to get you to 
yeah. uh, to fall. You know, I found another book uh, recently. Thomas Brooks um, has a book called oh, Precious Remedies yes. Against Satan's Devices, Devices yeah. which, is, which to me was like, oh, this is like the, the first screw tape letters. Right? Yes, the, that's it. That's it. <laughs> the Puritan screw tape letters. That's right. And uh, that was a really powerful read for me as well. Yeah. So. And I think what you, you find is there's not only great resources with great theology that are mm-hmm. out there to help you, but you find out, man, this is just the one thing we have in common. You know, Paul said to the Corinthians, no temptation has seized you except what's common to man. That word temptation can also be translated trial. Um, there's nothing new under the sun. Yep. And we're all, as a fellow humanity, walking through these sufferings together. Um, and so there's some comfort in that as well. And then knowing through that counsel, the Lord's just not going to waste this. Yep. That's what I love about Second Corinthians 1 is that when we have gone through suffering, one of the purposes, Piper, John Piper used to say, there's the Lord's doing, there's 3,000 things that are going on in your life at any moment. You're aware of maybe three of them that are happening. Um, but the, the truth is, is um, 2 Corinthians 1, one of the th- purposes of God is so that I can take this suffering that I've had and the comfort that I've received from the Lord, and now I can go give it away to others. Amen. And if you're not willing to lean into your suffering and, and yield yourself to the Lord's purposes in it, then you're never going to be able to offer that hope and that comfort to others who are walking through the same things you're walking through. Yep. And so some of those resources have helped reinforce that for me yep. as well. well. I was just thinking about the uh, the importance of community. Yeah. Um, I watch so many people that I see going through suffering and they um, isolate. Oh. You know what I mean? It, yep. It's kind of that um, you wouldn't understand yep. um, the difficulty that I'm going through. It, it, they pull out of a life group. They pull out of a church, yeah. right? As opposed to, you know, and you're, you're a pastor. Yeah. Um, you you want to invite the people who are suffering in for that per- per- particular reason is not only do you have the word of God that can provide perspective and hope and healing, mm-hmm. but you've got a family of brothers and sisters in Christ oh, who have man. walked through things that, you know, are similar um, common, right? I mean, yeah. it might even be worse then. Absolutely. <laughs> Not that we want to sit here and compare suffering, but absolutely. But it's amazing to think, oh my goodness, that person's been through something even worse than I have, and look where they are, and look what they've learned. It's like yeah. that gives me hope in the midst of my suffering yes. that God can use this for His glory as well. And so I just think that that reminder for men don't suffer alone. Yeah, one of the first ploys of the enemy is to get you alone, to yeah. convince you you're the only one. Yep. Nobody else is going through this, and 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 that's just where one of the easiest traps to get into. And that's why, yeah, you're so right on community is so vital. And, uh, you know, one of the things I know a lot of churches these days have, you know, uh, recovery groups Mm -hmm. or support groups, and we certainly have our own, uh, what we call gospel care. And and that's one of the primary things we're trying to do is yes, let's, let's be honest about our suffering. Let's get the right counsel about the suffering, but let's do it together Together. so that we're not alone in this. Amen. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, that's good. Well, Shay, I appreciate the time, the, uh, um, the sharing of, you know, part of your journey and what you've learned through it. Um, I know, as you said, uh, we don't want to go looking for suffering, um, but we do want to be prepared to learn because of it, because I think you're right. If, if we go through suffering, uh, it's either going to draw us closer to God and and, in a sense, make us better Mm -hmm. uh, or it's going to harden us and and make us worse. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go through the suffering anyway, uh, but we're going to end up on the other side as a, in a worse place. And and, and that affects other people. You you and I have both seen it and it's a, it's a sad, 
sad reality. So for those guys who are there, right, come back, come back to the family of God, God, come back in repentance. Um, You know, I love your three things, right? Whether it's your own sin, somebody else's sin, or just a fallen and broken world, it doesn't really matter. If you're going through suffering, there's there's an opportunity to come back and, and find that hope and that healing that Jesus Christ offers. Absolutely. So thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.